How much would you spend on tickets to see your favorite musical artist in concert, maybe someone you've loved a long time whom you never thought would come here to Northwest Arkansas? How long would you wait in line to get an autograph from your childhood hero, someone you've thought of for your whole life but never expected you could meet? How far would you drive to get a hand-knotted rug that you know would complete the decor in your living room like no other accent piece possibly could? How much would you give up? How much would you spend? How long would you wait to see a specialist who just might be able to cure your incurable disease? People came a long way to hear Jesus, to be healed by Jesus, and to be set free from the unclean spirits that troubled them. People came from as far away as the coast of Tyre and Sidon, way up north in Gentile country, just hoping that they might touch Jesus, that his healing power might come even to them. They came all that way to see Jesus because they had heard that he was one who would be able to offer them the healing that they couldn't find anywhere else. A lot has happened in the gospel since last week's story about Simon Peter putting out into deep water and letting down his net for a catch. Since then, Jesus has made quite a name for himself, but not in the way that most people expected the Son of God to act. After that episode with Simon Peter, Jesus healed a leper by touching him and making him clean. Then when he was presented with a paralytic, not only did Jesus restore his ability to walk, but he also pronounced that his sins were forgiven. Jesus called Levi, the tax collector, to be one of his disciples. And then he sat down at a great banquet that Levi hosted for other tax collectors and sinners like him. Jesus encouraged his followers to eat and drink and celebrate God's goodness rather than seek a closer walk with God through more traditional means like prayer and fasting. One Sabbath, he even allowed his hungry disciples to pluck heads of grain as they walked through a field and rub them between their hands in order that they might have a small piece to eat. And on yet another Sabbath, while standing in the synagogue with all the leaders watching, he was willing to heal the withered hand of a man there. Jesus wasn't like other rabbis or religious leaders. He did all of the things that faithful people knew they weren't supposed to do. And people came. They came from all over because they knew that this Jesus was able to give them the healing that they couldn't find anywhere else. These were people whose illnesses couldn't be addressed by ordinary physicians whose brokenness couldn't be bound up by a typical religious leader. These were people who had been afflicted in ways that left them outside the bounds of polite religious society. They had nowhere else to go. And so they came to Jesus. Jesus was the one who could offer them the kind of healing that the world could not give. 
Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and revile you and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day. Leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. God's people had always heard that God was the one who one day would come and lift up the downtrodden and rescue the oppressed. But these people didn't come to Jesus because they wanted him to pat them on the back and tell them that one day God would make things right. They didn't come to hear him preach about that someday when God would finally hear their cries and make all things new. They weren't looking for someone to assure them that maybe generations later things could get a little bit better. That in God's great and perfect time someday, someday, the fortunes of this world would be reversed. They needed healing now. They needed restoration now. They needed consolation now. And Jesus is the one who could give it to them. This series of blessing and woe that Jesus offers today is not his prediction for the future. It is a pronouncement that the future reign of God has come to the earth and is unfolding even now in the person of Jesus Christ. This is Jesus' declaration that the long-promised redemption of the world is already here among us, that now is the time for healing, comfort, and restoration, that those who cannot find hope amidst the powers of this world can rejoice because in Jesus Christ their salvation has come. But woe to those who cannot see it. Woe to those whose healing and comfort are found in the riches of this world. Woe to those who need not look to God for their salvation because whatever refuge they cling to in this life will very soon fade away. Jesus' proclamations are not warnings of things that are about to pass. They are assurances that even in this life, even now, the only hope worth holding on to is the hope we find in God. Jesus does not touch lepers and eat with tax collectors and flaunt Sabbath regulations because he wants to enrage the religious authorities. He does so because in a society in which the dominant religious culture has become enmeshed with the powers of the world, there is always a great multitude of outcasts and rejects who are beyond God's healing touch. Healing them in God's name is what enrages those people in power. Jesus does all of those radical things not because they are controversial. They are controversial because he, a holy man, the incarnate son of God, would dare to do them and even dare to do them now. Even today, people still come to Jesus in search for the healing that this world cannot give them. 
In the ancient world, it was always the poor, the hungry, the mournful, and the persecuted who needed God's salvation the most, and that hasn't changed one bit. The world would convince us that God's goodness and blessing are reserved only for people who have it all figured out, who have made a secure place for themselves economically, materially, emotionally, and relationally. In our culture, just as in Jesus' day, the dominant religion identifies success with salvation. But we are broken in ways that the world cannot fix just below the surface, and sometimes in ways we can't hide, no matter how hard we try. We are falling apart. We need that healing that no earthly remedy can give. We need Jesus. We need a God who loves us, not because we're good enough or holy enough or successful enough, but simply because God loves incomplete, broken, worn-out people like us. We need a Savior who will touch us and embrace us, even when no one else will. One who will sit down and eat with us when, if the truth were ever known, no one would invite us to their dinner table. We need someone who loves not the person we wish we were, but the person we really are. And Jesus is the one who loves us just like 